You're listening to the Up In Your Business Podcast, episode 011. On this podcast, we're going to hear from Aaron Walker as he talks about the limiting beliefs that keep us from success in business and life. And I think you're going to love it. It took that automobile accident, killing a pedestrian, for me to get outside of myself and say, I've been very successful financially, but I've never made an impact on other people's lives. I've never been significant. Welcome to the Up In Your Business Podcast, building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Up In Your Business Podcast. I am your host, Angus Nelson. I am just so enthusiastic about the fact that you're here today because we are going to hear from uh, Aaron Walker, who I was just, I, I at the end of the podcast, I was stunned. And I've never been stunned before in a conversation like that with someone. Uh, so right from the get-go, I want to know, I want you to know this is going to be a great show. Um, a little bit about uh, some housekeeping um, on the iTunes reviews. I see more growth there. Thank you, everyone that is posting your rating and reviews for this show. Every time you do that, it helps us get this message out to others. If you haven't placed a review, please go over to iTunes and do that. Uh, and if you are a part of that, uh, send me a little note and said, hey, I, I posted a review and I will send you a free copy of my first book, uh, Love compass and uh, it would be my pleasure to send you that in addition um, we have our private view um, excuse me private view our private group on facebook you can come and ask for an invitation to come and be a part of the conversation there and lastly, um, I would love if you came and uh, signed up for um, our community on my website at uh, angusnelson.com or upinyourbusiness.co. If you sign up there, um, I will send you content and some of the latest information um, and tools that I'm working on for 2016. Um, so that's all the housekeeping out of the way. Today, Aaron Walker, who we're talking to, he is a life coach. He's also a businessman. He's uh, built a number of businesses and sold them. He's been very successful uh, in his business life and entrepreneurship. He's been married for 35 years, and he hangs out with people like Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller, and those have been some of his not only um, you know coaches and parts of his mastermind groups, but they've been his friends, and they've helped um, kind of foster each other to be as successful as they've been for the last 20 years or so. And Aaron's going to share with us today um, some of the things that he actually does when he helps coach uh, men through uh, their uh, limiting beliefs. And he's going to start by doing it with me. So I'm your guinea pig today, and I'm going to just lay myself out there to be a little vulnerable and very transparent, um, as many of you know me to be. Um, but you're going to hear it uh, right here and right now. And without further ado... Here's Aaron Walker. 
Hi there, Aaron. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Thanks, Angus. Man, I appreciate it. What an honor it is to be on your show. I'm distinctly excited because a lot of the things that you do are some of the areas of my life that I feel some symmetry and some excitement around, and I want to dive into that this morning. Can you share kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure, man. Well, I'm a native Nashvilleian. You know, 55 years I've enjoyed living in Middle Tennessee, and it's been awesome watching Nashville grow into a huge metropolitan city. And I started pretty early at 13, helping my dad in the construction industry. And one summer we remodeled this pawn shop, and I fell in love with that. And I asked the guy, "Hey, can I work here after school and on Saturdays?" And after a 10-second interview, he hired me on the spot at 13 years old. Fell in love with it at 18, met a couple of guys that had plenty of money. We opened our own pawn shop, third, third, third partnership, three of us. God really blessed it, and it was just incredible how well it did. We paid off a 10-year loan in 36 months. In the mm. process, I got married to Robin two weeks out of high school. We start everything early here in Nashville, so we got married two weeks out of high school. And we decided to live our life a little differently than other people. We wanted to not compare ourselves to the Joneses and the Smiths. We wanted to live our life intentionally. And so we said, listen, we're not going to get the great big place now. We're not going to get the fancy cars. We're going to pour all the money back into our business. I said, we may never get an opportunity like this again because both of us came from very humble background, you know, very, Mm -hmm. very, very poor families. And we said, we're going to make the best of this opportunity. So we started pouring the money back into the business. By the time I was 27, we had uh, four stores and a company in Fort Worth uh, got wind of us and they came to Nashville and they were growing through mergers and acquisitions. And so they uh, purchased us. uh, And then I thought life is good. You know, I'm 27. I've got enough money to quit. And then I found out, Angus, that that was probably one of the worst decisions I'd made. It gave me a little money and it afforded me some opportunities, but I didn't have any purpose. You know, there was no meaning in my life. I was getting up every day playing golf or fishing. A lot of people say, man, I'd love to do that. Well, you would for a little while, but that goes away pretty quick. And so after 18 months and 50 pounds later, Mm -hmm. I gained 50 pounds in 18 months. I went back, went in business with a guy I started with when I was 18 We grew that company four times the size it was. And then, Angus, something really happened in my life that changed the trajectory of my life forever. I was headed to work August 1st, 2001, and I ran over a pedestrian. He walked out in front of me to catch a bus, didn't look my way, and it killed him. And uh, I can't even tell you what was going on in my mind at that time. It was kind of like an out-of-body experience. It was like watching something unfold in slow motion. Angus, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, but I couldn't believe this was actually happening. Mm-hmm. So I'll fast forward, you know, a couple months later, Robin and I decided to retire again for the second time. I said, I've retired more than the law allows. But I quit, and we took five years off. We didn't do anything. We built a house, and we traveled. I kind of had to get my feet back under me because you don't kill a pedestrian and get over it. God extended a lot of grace, and I was able to learn to deal with it. So, again, Robin woke me up in the middle of the day after I'd gained weight again. She goes, you're getting fat and lazy again. It's time Mm -hmm. to do something. So we went in the construction industry, and we built a successful construction company. We were number one three consecutive years here in Middle Tennessee building high-end residence and small commercial. And then when I turned 50, For the third and final time, Mm -hmm. I retired. I said, I'm done. And then my buddy, Dave Ramsey, that I've been in a mastermind group with for, you know, we've been friends a couple of 
uh, a couple of decades now, since 1995. Dan Miller, 48 Days to the Work You Love. They said, Avery, you got to coach. And I said, I'm not coaching anybody. And they said, yeah, mm-hmm. you got too much experience, you know, and you've got these life challenges that you've overcome. You and Robin have been married 35 years. You need to teach other people how to do this. So reluctantly, I went to Entree Leadership Mastery Series. Dave gifted me that and went to innovate with Dan Miller, and it changed my life. I thought, man, this is awesome. So I started coaching, guys, uh, and now I've got national and international clients, and I'm the facilitator of the community, which is guys all over the world joining kind of our tribe. And then I have three mastermind groups that I lead on a weekly basis. So, Angus, there's 37 years, man, in three minutes. <laughs> and uh, So we'll unpackage that any way you'd like, but that's kind of my journey and my story. Sure, and just to kind of highlight, when you say guys, being from Wisconsin, the North, guys can be inclusive of male or female, and what you actually mean is men is mostly who you work with. And um, I love the fact that um, as a man, I am finally at a place in life where I can admit the following, that there are few things in life more frail than the male ego. Yeah, no doubt. I just decided that men was kind of my niche market. Nothing against women, man. There's uh, some awesome opportunities for women out there. And the things that I teach, you know, are gender neutral. You know, anybody Mm -hmm. can use these things. But I just elected early on because I've been in accountability groups and I've been in mastermind groups for 20 years and accountability groups over three decades now. I thought men are kind of my world. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the people I know and I can identify with. I can challenge. I can call to task. And that's the reason I work with men. Well, that's fantastic because I want to um, invite women kind of into this experience because I'm sure they're going to identify. Absolutely. And so um, just jumping right from there, I want to ask you, like, what are some of the most debilitating belief systems or false beliefs that keep people from getting to where they want to go? Well, everybody's afraid, you know, and so everyone's fearful of something. And when you dive into fear, you know, you find out really it's normally not as bad as you make it in your mind. And I tell people that my kids used to come to me and say, Dad, I want to try this or that, but I'm afraid I might fail. And I always said, you know, failure is in not trying, not in not succeeding. I don't know about you, Angus, but I couldn't lay in bed at night and think, you know, this is something I'd really like to do, but I'm afraid I might fail. I had rather fail and I don't call it failure. You know, I think you either succeed or learn. Uh, I don't think really it's a failure. You just learn a way not to do it next time. But I couldn't lay in bed and go, I wonder if it would have worked. I wouldn't want that regret. I'd rather try it and figure out it either did work or I learned from it and I pivoted and I tried something different. Mm -hmm. But that would kill me to lay there and think would it have worked. So I would say one of the most debilitating things that there are is that people are afraid to get outside of what they know is familiar. You see, what happens is is we get into a position like a job that we don't like, and we at least know the pain level, right? And so we continue to stay there because we know how bad it is. But with a new venture, we don't know what it could be like, so we always revert back to familiarity. Well, this is bad, but I know how bad. And the people that can push through that, And they can say, it may not work out, but I'm willing to try it. The other thing is, is they're afraid of what their colleagues and family members and peers may say about them. Mm -hmm. And I just tell everybody, I've got this rule. It's called the 1835-60 rule. When you're 18, everybody's talking about you. When you get 35, you don't care. And then when you get 60, you find out they weren't talking about you to begin with. (laughs) 
you're not that important <laughs> right, for your right. peers to sit around their dinner table and be talking about your failures or successes. First of all, nine out of 10 don't care anyway, but we allow that to hold us back. And so just get beyond that, live your dream, live your life intentionally, live on purpose and do what God has so enabled you to do. And so, yeah, get outside the fear, fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. Yeah. Isn't that true? Um, there's a, there's a wealth of, of, of anxiety that comes when you're not comfortable in your own skin. And I think much of that fear, um, comes from, you know, not knowing who you are or not knowing what, uh, you have to offer. I remember, um, somebody challenging me with the fact that they said that what I feared wasn't failure. What I feared was actually success. And I said, what do you mean by that? That's crazy. And he said, you don't think you can become the man you know you need to be in order to accomplish what you know you're here to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is I'm afraid that I'll be successful at the wrong thing. And we need to really dive into ourselves. That's why I wrote uh, the personal assessment. And it's just a document to ask yourself some very pointed questions because let's face it, Angus, we put our identity in the wrong thing. It's in tangible possessions and then in our titles. Mm-hmm. And when we tie our possession, when we tie our identity up into these possessions or into titles and one of them goes away, it destroys us. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage people to really get into your own personal identity, you know, find out who you are as an individual, you know, really examine if you have a clear understanding of what your personal skills and abilities are. And, you know, really ask yourself, do you define yourself by your position or your career? And then go to your ideals, you know, and see what it is that you really value and try to decide you know, uh, if you've really realized your full potential, uh, you know, or for in your current situation, are you really living up to what you've prescribed or living intentional or on purpose for? Mm-hmm. And then we all have needs, you know, it's like we all have emotional needs and physical needs and really determine what those things are. Most people don't think about those things. They don't think about really what they stand for and what your identity is and even what your personal needs are. And, or your relationships. You know, for me, I'm a real intentional relationship builder. And we think about things that are important. And a lot of the times the metrics that we use are wrapped around success in finances. But the true success is in our relationships. And so we really need to dive into this personal assessment and figure out if we're in the right career. And if we're, you know, my faith is important to me. I'm a Christ follower. So I really dive into my faith and search my motivations for why I'm doing the things that I'm doing and if I'm doing all that I'm called here to do. So we really got to take a inward look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what if we... What if we did that right now? What if we just kind of demonstrate an assessment and I'll just kind of lay myself open as the the guinea pig here and <laughs> we and, may throw you under the bus, man. I, you know what? Dangerous. My life is an open book. Okay. And um and I have the power of edit if I have anything that's Oh, there real you go. Terrible. Okay. We're not going to do that though. We're not editing. Okay. Um I think you're, anybody you're the guinea pig this morning. Let's I think get... anybody that knows me knows that um I'm I'm it's totally open and transparent, and that's who who I am. And so I, I just want to kind of demonstrate in my own vulnerability 
um, what that looks like to kind of face, you know, an assessment and, and analyze. You know, what you just said is really important, and I've discovered this through almost four decades of being successful in business and then having some really positive relationships, is being willing to subject yourself to the scrutiny of people that you trust. That's why I'm so involved in mastermind groups. That's why I'm willing to lay it out there and say, call me to task, mm-hmm. tell me the truth. You know, I want to be vulnerable. I want to be transparent. And as a result of that, it's caused me to dodge a lot of hardship because there's wisdom in the counsel of the multitudes and their safety in numbers. And when you get a general consensus from a lot of guys, you better take heed to it or at least listen to it strongly. So I admire your transparency and you're willing to do this um, on on your podcast. But um, we all have blind spots mm-hmm. and others see you differently than you see yourself. And so I even personally go to people and say, how do you see me in this area? Do you see me treating my children well? Am I being polite and kind to Robin? Am I spending too much time at the office? I'm like, how do you see me? You know, because maybe I'm missing it. And so I want to do a good job at it. And you have to subject yourself to that scrutiny in order to get there. Mm-hmm. All right, scrutinize. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So um, I, let me see if I have it up here. Um on your assessment on your website. Um, I think the first one is identity. Is that the Uh first one? Uh Uh-huh. So reflect on your roles by which you define yourself or allow yourself to be defined, your spouse, parent, or boss. Do I do that? How do you do that? I mean, are you all you need to be without that? Are you all you need to be uh, standing alone? I mean, are you codependent, you know, on these other relationships? Are you... Uh, really placing your identity into your role, your position. I'll tell you a quick story before you answer that. Mm -hmm. So I had, when I retired, this big house up on a hill, and, you know, it was kind of a status thing. You know, you got to wrestle with that. It's like, you know, they call me Big A. So Big A's got the big house up (laughs) on the hill, and my buddies are like, man, this is so cool. It's a nice house. And so Robin and I were sitting out there one day, And uh, we said, we don't need this house. Our kids are gone, you know, and we're spending all of our time, effort, and energy taking care of the yard, taking care of this house that we use three rooms, Mm -hmm. you know, the bedroom, the den, and the kitchen. That's where we live. And we got all this space and stuff and big yard, and we have to mow it, et cetera. And if we don't do it, we have to pay somebody. It's very expensive. And so we said, you know what? I'm getting tired of being a slave to this house. We're going to sell it. So we Mm -hmm. sold it. We bought a house half the size, half as nice. Back in the woods, we got a little quarter acre of grass, and we're completely surrounded by acres of woods. And when I first did that, I went to my accountability partner, and I said, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. He said, what do you mean? I said, everybody's going to think that I'm not doing as well now as I was. They're going to say, oh, Big A had to move from the big house. Mm-hmm. And he's got this house now. And the truth of the matter was we did that on purpose. And the truth of the matter is I'm doing better now than then. Mm-hmm. But the appearance right? Because of ego, because of our pride. And I had to work through that and it Mm -hmm. took me time. And so I'm being honest right here in front of the whole world. You know, we all struggle with this, but we got to be honest and we got to be truthful about what we tie our identity up in. So Angus, for you, do you struggle with that? Do you struggle with, you know, I'm this guy because I'm the best podcast host. I'm this guy because in my community, I'm recognized as this or that. 
Do we need those accolades? So for me, you know, I know my background most certainly, and I wrote about that. I've spoken about that, and for sure, uh, like struggle, struggle, struggle. I think I'm becoming more comfortable with myself. I'm not as uh, needy for that. Um, but in full transparency, I know that when I introduce myself and I give my title for my job and the caliber of people I work with, you know, doors open to me a lot quicker. Um, and people see me in a different light. And if I were truly transparent, I would say there's something that kind of feeds, you know, some dark places for me. Right. Um, and in its entirety, if it went away, would would I be fine? Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm, like I said, more comfortable in my skin than ever. Um, I am not by far the best podcaster interviewer in the world. That's not going to do it. Um, and, you know, my career path has been one that, you know, wasn't always clear. It was really fuzzy. And to get to where I've gotten was, you know, in many cases, some somewhat of a, and I use this in air quotes, you know, lucky break. But it was a, a result of me pushing through many dark times and pushing through many um, would-be um, opportunities that didn't pan out. But it prepared me for what I'm at today. And in fact, I, I always say, you know, it's funny how life prepares you for what life is preparing for you. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. You know, in our identity also, and since you put yourself uh, on on display here for the world. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you some other questions. Sure. Is, you know, one of the questions in the identity is, do you understand your most intimate needs and your greatest fears? And are you willing to identify those and share those? Yeah. Um, okay. So the first one is my greatest needs. Um, for me, my greatest needs is to know that my family's taken care of. Right. Um, and, th- and that's tied to, to fear for sure, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is that I don't want to be in a place where I see my kids or my wife struggle or feel shame or feel pain of any sort. And that can, like I said, you know, it could be my moral failures. It could be my financial failures. It could be my, you know, fill in the blank. I just don't want to see my family suffer. I've hurt too many people in the past. And so there's that little gremlin sometimes in the back of my head that says, you know, when's the shoe going to drop? Yeah. Those voices, when you lay down at night, yeah. it's quiet, yeah. and you hear those voices. <laughs> and when something exactly. good happens, you know, you have that delayed gratification. I, I'm not even going to call it that. It's just, I can't be grateful uh-huh. um, because I'm thinking, well, this is great, um, but, and so I have to push past that stuff and like I literally and intentionally have to put myself in a place of letting that kind of run off me. And I do a little meditation where I actually see it coming off me, you know, kind of like Mm -hmm. honey oozing off my shoulders. And then instead attaching myself to being present and grateful for I am and where, you know, life has brought me. Um, and the other one was, so that's my need. And the fears is is that the, the two correlation there or is there another part of Right. It's just some of your greatest fears. Yeah. And so I think that's probably, you know, definitely on the top. Um, and then, you know, Gay Hendricks talks about this in the book, The Big Leap. And we really sabotage ourselves. There's upper limits that we experience. And you have to ask yourself, what is my upper limit challenge? Mm-hmm. There's things that we convince ourselves that we can't do. And one of the examples in the book, it asks, are you a good artist? 
And most people say, no, I'm not. I'm not gifted in that area. Mm-hmm. And then they go on to show that after five days of intensive instruction by the best artists, they find out that their abilities are much greater than they realized. And some of it is natural talent, but that doesn't mean we can't do some things with proper training. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I'm all about coaching. You know, I've hired a psychology coach to help me work through things. I've hired LinkedIn coaches. I've hired social media coaches. I've hired personal coaches and business coaches and people that can help me because I'm willing to admit this is an upper limit challenge for me. This is something that I'm see right now. This is there again. I'm being with you, Angus. I'm being totally transparent. Mm-hmm. I've got a bug kind of with the camera, like I'm I'm doing some videos now, mm-hmm. and I can talk to you clearly on and on and on. But m- the minute that camera comes on, it's like up, oh, I lock up, right? Yeah, it's yeah. an upper limit challenge because how am I going to look? How am I going to present myself? And you know, nobody likes to look at themselves on camera, and so it locks me up. Well, uh, a buddy of mine that uh, you know owns a company that teaches you to speak through that, he mm-hmm. coaches you through that. So I've been talking to him. So all I'm saying is we got to identify these things. Most of the time we identify what they are and then we run from them. Mm-hmm. And what I want you to do is identify in your identity the things that are important, that the hurdles, and address them, not mm-hmm. run from them. Yeah, kind of lean into the pain. Um, that actually is a kind of a, a loose quote of, <laughs> of a therapist that I went right. to because when I really had everything hit the fan – I finally went and saw a therapist and I always thought that, you know, people who see a counselor or a therapist, like they're really jacked up. Like those people, oh my goodness, they're messed up. Robin and I go to them intentionally, even when things are good. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, do you see something that we're missing? We want our relationship to go to the next level. We also go when things are bad. We reach yep, an yep. impasse and we, can't, and we can't come to a general consensus. But, you know, the thing is, is we run from those things. And I heard a guy tell a little joke and he was talking about a dog laying on a porch and the dog was groaning. He was like, oh, you know, this dog was moaning. The guy said, what's wrong with your dog? He said, well, he's laying on a nail. And he said, he's laying on a nail. He said, yeah. He said, well, why doesn't he move? And he said, the pain's not bad enough yet. Mm -hmm. See, that's the way it is for us. But what I want to try to coach people through is not go through that pain. See, for me, it took that automobile accident, killing a pedestrian, for me to get outside of myself and say, I've been very successful financially, but I've never made an impact on other people's lives. I've never been significant, right? That was the piece that I was missing. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to have to go through an accident. You know, I don't want people to have a heart attack because they're 50 pounds overweight. And then they say, oh, I need to lose weight. It's like we're intelligent people. We need to make these decisions before we go through some kind of tragedy Mm -hmm. to get us to pay attention. And that's why I wrote this personal assessment. Healthy people can take this and go, you know, I didn't even think about that. I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And these are things that we need to ask ourselves to see if we're running off in a ditch. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I could go really deep into some of this stuff just through what I've experienced. And then it's funny because once you start understanding this stuff, then you naturally become a conduit for helping those around you. Sure you do when you've experienced it. To keep us moving, let me ask you a question under ideals. uh, In your current situation, are you personally living up to your personal ideals? Uh, My personal ideals... 
I think for me, my, if I were to take, you know, like a Myers-Briggs, um, you know, assessment tool and look at my personality, my, my personality actually really values, uh, my ideals. Um, and I would say, yes, I'm living up to them. Um, but never satisfied. I want to live up to them even more in particular. Generosity is a, is a big value for me and I want to be more generous. And another value for me is, um, you know, I, I haven't, I'm, I'm idealistic in the fact that I, I want to change the world and what that looks like. I'm not sure yet. Um, doing a little thing like a podcast right now is part of that. Um, I have gifts in me and I have what I believe are some nuggets of gold for people that some way, somehow I want to see it on a platform where I can help mm -hmm. more people. Mm -hmm. And there was a time where I did that from ego because I wanted to be seen or I wanted to be popular. And now I just don't give a rip. Like, that's why I think I'm so comfortable just being transparent because I've watched how my life has been contagious to those around me. Mm -hmm. uh, so my idealism is that I went through this stuff for a reason and the more people I can share it with, the better. Yeah. You know, in your ideals, the thing is that people don't normally do is they don't live their life intentionally. And so they haven't specified what their ideals are or what their identity is about. They don't know what they want. And for you, let's just say if you haven't predetermined what you want to accomplish. You said, I want to change the world, this and that. If there's not a set of metrics that's something that can be measured by, how will you know when you've won? Mm -hmm. And so we've got to establish that in our mind instead of wanting bigger, better, shinier, more. It's like, will that really make your life better? Will people, by having known Angus' life, been better as a result of knowing you? And if so, why? And what can you do intentionally to impact them? And that goes to the next thing is, do you build relationships intentionally? Do you consider yourself a relational person? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's, you know, for my personal career, that's what I do. I'm, I'm a relationship builder and, right. and I, I naturally help people feel safe. Um, cause I don't come with pretense and I don't come with ego and I just present myself as someone who's approachable. You know, when my dad, uh, my dad never made over $15,000 a year in his life. So we were raised in an 800 square foot house, you know, four kids, two adults, and I had a sister and we had one bathroom. So that tells you how my, life, right. how my life was as a kid. But what my dad did teach me, my dad was a horrible businessman. I mm -hmm. mean, seriously, he was, he was a horrible businessman. But when he died in 06, my two brothers and my sister, my mom and myself stood there greeting the people there to pay their condolences the line started at 2 30 in the afternoon for six and a half hours it was an hour and a half wait to get through the line the line was to the parking lot of the funeral home every person that came through that line said your dad was there for me your dad always smiled your dad was giving suckers to the kids your dad you know always listened to me he was always there for me do you know that in six and a half hours not one person in six and a half hours said your dad had a nice car your dad had a nice house. Your dad had a good-looking boat. Man, did your dad make the money. It was funny to me that we spend 95% of our life trying to acquire more possessions and build our identity, and we let the most important thing slip through, and that's building lifelong relationships. Mm -hmm. And relationships are absolutely the bedrock of success personally and professionally. 
Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage your listeners today, what are you doing to bring yourself to a point that relationships are about what you bring and not what you take? And do you have a mentality of looking out how I can make other people's lives better as a result of knowing you and being around you? Are you the person that brings light and enthusiasm or do you suck the life out of the room when you're there? We have to ask ourselves these questions, and that's why I wrote this document, to start asking yourself, am I that guy? Am I the guy that only calls people when they want something? Mm-hmm. Or do I really call and check on Angus and how the family is and how his business is and not ask that question? Mm-hmm. we got to consider ourselves a person to be easily approachable because you want to easily approach people. And mm-hmm. so we, if you're not easily approachable, you're certainly not going to go out and extend a helping hand and lend yourself to building long-term relationships. There again, back to the masterminds. That's why I so invest intentionally in these relationships weekly. It's part of my life. It's like on Wednesdays from 7.30 to 9 o'clock, you're not getting an appointment with me, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm in my mastermind group. That's what I do. I'm just saying these relationships are that important. Okay, I know we're nearing our time. What about your career? Would you consider your present occupation to be your best choice? Um, it is um, a great choice for who I am and what I do. I think it, it ticks all the boxes. Um, and I think I bring a lot of value to our team and the people that we serve within our company. So I'd say, yeah, I think, I think it's a really great fit. What if you're not? What do people do that's listening to this and say, you know, I'm just putting in my eight hours, getting a check, and I'm miserable? Gosh, I was there. <laughs> I was there. I've been there. Um, so, I mean, when I look at those kind of scenarios, you know, there's there's a couple of different things that I really uh, embrace, and that is this. Always be a self-learner. And with the powers of technology, the powers of the Internet, whether that's on your smartphone or something else, is learn uh, whatever you need to get to the next place you want to go. So some of that takes a lot of intention. Another part piece of it is being patient in the process, Mm -hmm. is the fact that uh, we, whatever our expectation is, it never works on our time clock. (laughs) We always think we want it now. And again, going back to that phrase of life preparing you for what life has for you. Um, part of where you're at right now can always be a building, you know, piece to creating you to be who you need to be in that next step. So by discounting it and becoming negative and becoming critical about where you're at today, will never get you ahead. So now, no, no doubt, no doubt, <clears throat> you know, so no I was, I was waiting tables two years ago, November 5th is when we're recording this right now, November 5th, two years ago, 2013, I was waiting tables. I was in a startup, uh, the company I work with today, and we were gambling for it to be successful. We were hoping it would be successful. We counted on it being successful, but I needed a bridge to get to where I was, to where I thought we were going. And we were working with big corporations and them cutting a check would be 60, 90 days out. And, you know, there, we needed money now. My wife had just left her job. Um, because of health reasons and emotional reasons, and my other contract had ran out, so now we're at nothing. So I've got a family of five, and I just waited tables at a steakhouse, and I gave it all I could to be happy and to be cheerful, and I had a general manager who 
couldn't budge me. And he, he operated his staff like an eighth grade football team. It was motivated by fear and shame. And I'm like, dude, I'm 42. This does not work on me. You know, so I would just smile at him <laughs> and I would say things like, thank you so much for the coaching. Right. And I would use it as an opportunity to like be honey instead of vinegar. Right. And that was me in that moment, just celebrating it. Did I like it? No. Was I working with people who I felt emotionally were pulling me down all the time? Mm-hmm. But did I turn it into something positive? Yes, because every person I worked with, I tried to encourage them. Hey, how's your schoolwork going? How's this going? Because you know, a lot of these guys were like half my age. I'm 42, and I'm waiting tables again. And I know there's people even listening who might even be at that place right now. And know this, it is just a bridge to get you where you need to go. And if you set yourself and and be intentional about building the gifts and talents and skills that are within you, good things can happen. It'll happen pretty quick, too, because our attitude is the only thing that we're in 100% control over. Mm -hmm. Carol Dweck wrote a great book on mindset. And it really helps understand why we do what we do, how we think, and if we've got a fixed or a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. So if people are struggling with this, I suggest that book strongly, Carol Dweck, Mindset. Mm-hmm. You can put it in your show notes, and I yeah. think guys can refer back to that. And it is a great book. After we talk about our career mm-hmm. and we think, you know, if we reached our full potential or we loving it, you know, and a lot of people say that if they could change their career path today, they would. And one of the reasons is because they're not finding gratification and purpose and meaning out of what they're doing. And I want to challenge your audience on thinking, I'll be happy when. If I can just get there, then I'll be happy because, you know, happiness is a choice. It's not a trait. And Mm -hmm. we elect to be content in our present situation, not being complacent, not trying to move the needle forward. But I just want to encourage you to whatever situation you're in, it may not be ideal, but you can elect to be happy and work your way through getting out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that attitude. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I I just was talking to somebody um, just two weeks ago, and I said to them, one of the problems we have by setting a goal and then we'll be happy. You know, that mindset, mm-hmm. or because of what I went through, um, I want to get to this. You know, so they look at the past or they look at the future. And they never look at the present. And if you can't be happy in the present, the future doesn't count. Mm-mm. And so enjoy the now. Yeah, the great book. Enjoy the now. This conversation, you know, stop waiting your turn to talk and engage and enjoy this conversation you're having right now with this guy, this person, at this moment. You know, uh, I think back when I hit that pedestrian. That could have been me. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not promised tomorrow. I mean, we better be enjoying now rather than putting all of our hope, effort and energy into the future. I've had friends tell me stories about people they knew that saved all the money they had their whole time. And then early in you know, their retirement years, they passed away. Uh, you just don't know. And there's a balance. We've mm-hmm. got to do the right thing for our family. Now we've got to enjoy this as we go. It's a process, right? It's not the destination. Yeah. It's the journey. What do I want was another document that I wrote to live your life very intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot of people I've asked the question to if geographically there were no limitations or financially, what would you do with your life tomorrow when you got up? And the uh, majority of the people can't answer that because they're busy grinding away, mm-hmm. make mortgage payments on houses that they can't afford or paying a car note on a 
car that they shouldn't have financed or they've gotten themselves in so much debt. They want gratification instantaneously rather than delaying the gratification and enjoying yeah. it more later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, Dave Ramsey and I have been best friends for 20 years and I've been around. So what I'm about to say is original to him, but live like no one else today. So tomorrow you can live like no one else. And that's a very, yeah. very true statement. See, we think we got to have it all today. And the truth is, if you'll think through it and you'll delay the gratification, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, you'll use it longer and you'll enjoy it more by postponing. It's not going away. It's not a fire sale. Mm -hmm. So live your life very intentional and dream and design the goals and dreams that you want for yourself, you know, and think through, as I talked about earlier, uh, your faith and the impact that it could have on your future and think about your family and the priorities, you know, we're, our family should be first, mm-hmm. right? But what most guys will do because of their ego and their pride, they want to be successful in the corporate world or as an entrepreneur. And I challenge people and I said, be very careful because you may come home with a pocket full of money one day to a house full of strangers. Yeah. And then you, you, you're going to be a rich, old, lonely guy. And be really careful. My dad used to say, son, be careful when you're climbing that ladder because the view when you get up there may not be what you think. And you better be nice to the people as you go up that ladder because as you pass them going up, if you fall, you'll pass the same ones coming down. Mm-hmm. It's the journey. and We need to be really, really careful. And we need to invest in the things that matter. And I tell guys, if you're going to cheat, cheat the office, right? Because you only have one opportunity with your family. I can teach you how to make money. You, you can fail. You can do whatever. I can teach you. It's not that hard to make money. But you only got one pass with your family. Those kids are going to be gone. And you've heard the old song, you know, Dad, let's play. I don't have time. Now the dad's got time. The kid says, sorry, Dad, I don't have time. You don't want to be there. You want to invest incrementally. You want to embrace the tension of the balance. And you want to work like nobody's business. And you want to be home and be present when you're present. So Hmm. when you're building your lifestyle, be very careful and intentional about your family. You open up another topic that I want to get into before we run out of time here, and that is money. For me, I don't know if it's my Midwest values that, you know, growing up in Wisconsin, like it was hard for me to ask for money. It was hard for me to, I I always thought that if I worked hard and I stayed faithful and I brought light and, 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 and optimism to my team, like... I would get recognized and then I get rewarded accordingly. You know, it was hard for me to like stick up for myself or to, you know, go on another path. And then even on the entrepreneurial side, when I launched my book and stuff like to get people to go to my book or ask them to buy it, like that stuff was so challenging. How do we get past those mental hurdles? Um, yeah, money. well, you've got to you got to really unpack that as an individual, and for me, I had to do that as well. And people label money as a bad thing. You know, you even hear people like myself, Christians, say, you know, money is the root of all evil, and that's just not true. You know, money is the root to certain kinds of evil. There are things that are bad that you can do with money, and I get that. But it, very generous people, very successful people, they can't help people if they're broke. <laughs> I mean, so I can't stand to hear a person that has a lot of money go, money is not important. I want to go, you liar. It is important. (laughs) It's very, if, if it's not important, do this for me for free and you'll watch them recant, you know, it's like, so the thing I love to make money, 
I'll just say it straight up. I love, mm-hmm. matter of fact, I'm doing as well now as I've ever done. There's not, there's no secret in there. I love to make money, but why do I want to make money? See, that's the question we have mm-hmm. to ask ourselves. Is it for more edification? Is it more for shiny objects, bigger, brighter, shinier, faster? Is that really important? See, I really, really go with essentialism. Greg McCowan wrote a great book on it called Essentialism. I need to contact Greg. I've sold more of his books than he has. <laughs> but if you, I need to contact him. I need to get some kind of royalty. Uh, One of the top five books I've read in the past couple of years. Yeah. So it helps you get the, the non-vital important things, the things that really don't matter out of the way and helps you focus on the vital few things that are really important. And it helps you really figure that out, right? Because we can't be a mile wide and an inch deep. We can't do 15 things and not Mm -hmm. do them well. But we can niche down and we can be an inch wide and a mile deep. And now we've got something, right, of value. It's important. And you have to determine for you what those things are. I don't know. They're different for everybody. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, success was choosing my own schedule. Uh, I love to have my own schedule. If I want to work today, I will. If I don't, I won't. I mean, for mm-hmm. me, that's success. Financial freedom, like I don't have to worry about paying the light bill now. And that, that feels good, quite honestly. And I don't make any apologies for that. Everybody likes to get to a sense of security in regards to just normal stuff. But for me, the bigger things were having an engaging family. It mm-hmm. was like meaningful relationships. Like, Angus, you and I need to build a long-term relationship. It's not one and done, we're gone. Yeah. It's like, no, man, how can I help you? What What are some things that I can do for you? That is successful for me. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the normal things, we've got to take care of ourselves physically. You know, I talked earlier about being content but not complacent, you know, mm-hmm. about being happy because that's a choice. You know, we elect to be happy. Uh, and But then I had to decide, you know what? What What is significant? Like, I mean, it ain't all about me. The whole world doesn't revolve around my schedule. And that's kind of what I did early in my career. It's like, well, we had the house and the vacation home and faster, bigger, shinier stuff. Mm-hmm. But what does anybody else care? Mm-hmm. And so we started doing some things, helping other people. And we started saying, you know, really significance is meeting the needs of other people. It's like reaching out to fully engage people and listen intentionally to them and really paying attention to what their desires are. And then here's the thing, Angus, that really gets us and we got to be careful about is we want to help other people that can't repay us. Mm-hmm. And you go, uh-oh, you know, my motivations are not pure sometimes. Like if I really do this for Angus and I do a good job, he'll introduce me to another guy. See, my motives are not to help you. My motive was to get. See, relationships, as I said earlier, it's about what we bring, not Mm -hmm. what we get. And so we've got to have a different mindset in our significant lifestyle. And then we've got to provide above the minimal requirements. Most people just want to do what they can do just to get the check, just to close the deal. I went to buy a car recently. And I said, I want a blue car. This is the color leather I want. You know, and he said, I've got that car, but it's red. Come over here and show it to me. And I said, I don't want a red one. I want a blue one. Yeah, And he goes, well, it's on sale. I said, well, I don't care it's on sale. I, I don't want a red one. The problem is he was trying to make a sale. He wasn't trying to give me what I wanted. He wasn't paying mm-hmm. attention to my needs, right? We're too busy trying to make the sale. It's easy to make the sale if you'll just fill the client's list. Like, what do you want? Let me help you overcome that problem. Yeah. Not imposing on them what you want just to get the money. Then I wanted to learn to prioritize all my goals with other people in mind. 
See, it's like we have a mentality of there's only so much and I got to get mine. Well, that's not true. You know, it is absolutely not true. The more we share, the natural reciprocity out of that is the more successful you are. Mm-hmm. So being significant and helping other people, well, sure, now they want to be around you. They want to buy your service. They want to buy your product. It's the natural reciprocity of being a servant leader and being mm-hmm. significant to other people. And now as a direct result of it, you're more successful. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's it right there. Um Thank you. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Aaron, I don't get stunned. Like, this has been an awesome interview. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. We just have to change our mindset. We just have to start looking outwardly. And you know what's cool about that is you can be very successful financially. You can do very good in all the areas that you want to do. At the same time, you can change the world. I heard a story, and it's a fable, I'm sure, but it's got a good meaning to it terrible storm came through on the beach and washed up hundreds of thousands of starfish. This guy was standing there looking out his window and he saw a guy down there picking up one at a time, throwing them back out into the ocean. And he started laughing. And so he walked down there and he went up to the guy and he said, uh, what are you doing? He said, I'm throwing these starfish back. And he said, look down that beach. And he did. He said, there's millions of these starfish. He said, yeah. He said, do you really think you're going to make a difference? And he picked up one and he threw it back out. He said, maybe not, but I made a difference to that one. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the, what we can do in our lives today. You know, maybe we want save the world. Maybe we want, but there are people in our sphere of influence that we can help and do for a few what you wish you could do for everyone. Mm-hmm. We really need to focus in on what we're gifted at where we're good. And at the same time, be successful, make your money, get the security, get your schedule, get the things you want, nice houses. That's all good. But leave a portion of your time to be significant. Hmm. Thank you, Aaron. That was fantastic. And um, Hey, I got a little gift for your audience. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I remember your your EA had I said do. you had a little something, something. Well, these things that we've been talking about, yeah. okay, the personal assessment and the what do I want, and then people say, okay, I get it. Now I understand who I am. Now I know what I want, but I don't have a clue what to do. Yeah, I wrote Steps to a Productive Day. It's kind of a to-do list on steroids, mm-hmm. and I've taken the price off. There's no charge. I'm going to give all three of those documents to your audience. So if you'll go to View from the Top, dot com forward slash up in your business mm-hmm. all in lowercase letters i've made those documents there for you for free so hopefully it'll be a catalyst to help you be more successful and possibly more significant fantastic and i'll have that in the show notes as well um thank you so much for your time today aaron thank you for your generosity thank you for your wisdom thank you for um for doing what you do to change lives and and impact people in ways that are meaningful Thanks. um and if people want to get a hold of you, obviously at your website, um, where else? Yeah, viewfromthetop.com. I'd love for you guys to come and check us out. Uh, we have the community, which guys from all over the world now are joining our community. It's like $37 to join this, and you've got access to everything. I do one-on-one coaching. You know, I love to coach guys personally. And then we have mastermind groups. If you're interested in being in a group that I facilitate, there's 10 guys that come together every week in each group. And we do it virtually. So anywhere in the world you can be, you can be a participant in that. You have direct access to me for an hour every week. And we're in a small group and we do masterminds. So 
Twitter is at VFT Coach. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter, and I interact a lot there. And, uh, yeah, just contact me and let's hang out. But, Angus, you've been a great podcast host, man. I mean, you've made me feel warm and invited and welcome, and I appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks, Aaron. And you owe me a burger. I'll meet you at Pinewood. (laughs) I'm going to Pinewood when we get off this. I've got an appointment there today. Awesome. Well, enjoy. That'll be awesome. All right. You bet, Aaron. Take care. Thanks, Angus. See you, buddy. Oh, Aaron Walker. That was amazing. Now, I know that for some of you listening, um, that probably felt a little scary for you as maybe it did for me because I basically said, you know, put me on the hot seat and unpack some of my own stuff. And I hope that uh, for many of you um, that that was something that was motivational or inspirational to you. Um, I've always tried to live my life from a place of openness and transparency, and I wanted to share that with you. But more importantly, I believe in this element of the fact that when you show yourself vulnerable, you give others permission to do the same. And on that same token, I also believe that when we tell our story, we invite others to find their story in ours. So I hope as uh, Aaron and I spoke and I shared uh, some of the things that I've contended with that maybe you can find yourself in similar situations and find the courage uh, to contend with them um, in better and smarter ways. Um, I really want to... um, just celebrate the fact that as I'm contending with my own uh, fears and limiting beliefs, I get to do them with you. And here on this podcast, um, on this journey, it was back in June when I finally declared on a video on YouTube that I was going to just throw down and do all the things I've been saying I was going to do. And here we are, you know, several months later, and we've recorded 11 podcasts. We've actually recorded more. I just haven't released. Um, And I'm just watching myself get more comfortable behind this microphone. I'm finding myself more comfortable in uh, interacting with those of you online and becoming more open and more um, generous in helping people with whatever they're contending with. Um, And I love that. I love the opportunity um, that it serves to be in a place where it's not about me. And I know that there's some people who may say, well, you have a podcast and you have a website. Of course it's about you. And I don't necessarily see it that way. There was a time in life where it was about me. And I lived out of my own ego and narcissism and I was arrogant and I was a you know, in some realms, a bit of a jerk. And I've come to a place where I've kind of moved past the things that um, probably um, were more of a a hiccup for people. Um, And that being, I got myself out of the way. Um, Because when you live from that place, you're also questioning yourself and you're also examining yourself and you become even more entrenched in fear And I've kind of had to go through some therapy and I've gone through reading a lot of books and coaching myself to get to a place where I feel like I'm comfortable in helping others. And getting into 2016, I'm working on some projects right now to develop some tools for people like you. And I want to build tools that are actually going to be helpful. And last week, I did a little teaching on how to network 
Um, and I thought that was something that comes very easy for me and I wanted to share it with you. And, um, my question is if that was super helpful for you, or if there are other topics that you'd like me to address, um, please send me a note. You can send an email to hello at angusnelson.com or come and find me on Twitter at, at Angus Nelson and tell me um, how I might serve you with a tool or a resource that's going to get you ahead. Or if you want to have some conversation around that, um, you know, maybe we can prepare some time for that. Um, I'd love to be in a place to serve you. And so if I can do that, I'm making myself available. Uh, Again, putting myself out there and it feels kind of awkward and maybe you can hear my voice, but I have to push through my own fear. And I'm hoping that as I continue to push through this, that I demonstrate for you that you can too. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening and being a part of this journey with me. Thank you for um, the support and the kind words. Um, Yeah, I love you all. Uh, And with that, um, yeah, have an awesome day and be amazing. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not com.